0: Now,
1: stranger, just you sit right down in that chair.
0: you just hold real still, I'll, uh... Hold to hope. Hold to hope. Yes, and what do you do? I don't <laughs> care what you do with it, my good man. Only get it out of my sight.
1: Oh, can I what?
0: Now, you know you can't stand.
1: The ballad of the last
0: chance Saloon. Play, maestro. Hold it. Here comes the drums! So oh, here it comes, the sound of drums. Here come the drums, here come the drums. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to a very special end of year episode of Pull to Open, the podcast that goes in extremely random order through all of Doctor Who history. My name is Chris Taylor.
1: And I'm Pete Pashel, and Chris and I are a couple of guys, a couple of journalists who love Doctor Who, who are here at the end of. Of 2022 sort of on holiday or about to anticipate a holiday <laughs> and it's very apt for what we're about to talk about yeah. in this week
0: it's, um, it's a dark a holiday cool if you to. will yeah yeah there you it's go a very yeah. dark holiday we we are recording this we should say just before christmas so uh we're, we're filled with a holiday cheer or the panic of last-minute present buying and all of the associated stress that comes the day before Christmas Eve. So, take your pick. Um, But to take us away from our stress, we we go on random adventures. And here's the random adventure that we've been on so far. Uh, We'll just catch you up on the last four episodes. you want to go any further than that, check out the rest of the podcast. Four episodes ago, we were at the William Hartnell episode, Planet of Giants. We were very, very tiny uh, hiding out of giant matchbooks and fighting off cats. Then, three episodes ago, we fought off the Weeping Angels because we did not blink. Two episodes hmm. ago, we went into Capaldi Zone with the Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion. I'm still not sure if it's our Zygon cells that survived that, uh, and if we're just sitting somewhere in a pod, not recording a pod. Um, but then from there, we went to a massive, massive three part of the Master Trilogy at the the end of season 3 of the new show Utopia sound of drums last the time lords absolute bangers each and every one and then from those absolute bangers we went back to William Hartnell to not a banger but a but a show with lots of bangs in it it is the gunfighters. <laughs> lots of bangs in it. <laughs> it has Not lots of loud hot. bangs. Well, I That's guess kind of fun.
1: I guess if you think about it, but yes, there's there's some bangs. Yes, uh, if I were really
0: called a one to, to write a positive review of the Gunfighters, that, that would be it. it. has lots of bangs. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been wild.
1: Well, I also think the randomizer lately has been on a bit of a Hartnell kick, kind of a mini Hartnell mm. kick. But it's funny that the last two classic episodes that have come up are both Hartnell and in <laughs> successive seasons.
0: Yes. So
1: it seems to be showing us a bit of a snapshot, uh, an overview of his time there. Because Indeed. this is interesting to go to the come to the Gunfighters after Planet of Giants, which kind of like Planet of Giants, it was just getting going. Like you know, they'd done one full season; it was a phenomenon, and they were like, "All right, how are we gonna, you know, follow that and level it up?" And now the Gunfighters, it, it we'll get to it, but it's it uh, was created in a very tumultuous time for the show. Season hmm. three was kind of like all over the place in a lot of ways. So yeah, it really shows was. Here.
0: It really was, and uh, the strain definitely shows. And it's also interesting that they were a season apart because we've had a complete change of TARDIS team uh, in the interim. And yeah, uh, yeah we would um, we would see yeah. that once again in uh, in Tenth Planet, which we've already been to. Um, yeah, this is
1: actually going to be our first season three episode. Mm. Tenth Planet season four. It's also our first Dodo and Steven episode. We we haven't done them for the pod yet. So that's right. We're I'm going done. to
0: have a feast of Stephen. at Christmas.
1: <laughs> but first, I before we, we get through a single episode of this podcast without mentioning the Feast of Steven for some reason. I think it's <laughs> let's do it. Just one of those
0: things. Every episode going forward, let's find a Feast of Steven <laughs> reference. Is it it's a fine old episode. I can't wait to see it. Um but yes, from, from feasting on Stephen, or at least feasting on his fabulous cowboy outfit, to feasting on the feedback loop. Mm. How do you like that segue?
1: Pretty good. Lots of fee sounds happening. <laughs> fee five fo fum everyone. Uh, hey, guys. Normally, this is a time where I ask uh perhaps plead a little bit for uh, those listening to leave some reviews but for now i'm going to take a little bit of a different tack because it is the holiday season guys i just want to express my gratitude for all the great reviews you guys have left uh really since the beginning of the show but this Mm. year there were some just absolute amazing things to read you can go back and listen to the podcast we try to read out every review on on air uh it's been amazing you guys have been great thank you so much for following the show, continuing to follow the show. A lot of reviews I read are about people who sort of discover us on TikTok or Mm. Instagram or wherever, and then they end up going back and binging the show, uh, which I'm just tremendously grateful for, and thank you very much for uh, letting us talk about Doctor Who with you, whether it's a car ride or uh, just hanging out uh, wherever. It's It's been great to share this with you, and I really value everyone's review and everyone's feedback wherever you're giving it to us on tiktok youtube or wherever so thank that's, you very much that's right Thanks. yes
0: we uh we're here to take you to through the deep dark night with some smooth doctor who reviews um yeah thank you for allowing us to be the voices in your ears it's really started to feel this year like this is a a show with a real audience like we, we you're so interactive all of the emoji reviews and stuff and uh we we do love you know this is one reason to put the feedback loop right at the start we love to interact with you so the more reviews you leave the more of a conversation we can have uh leave us emoji reviews if you haven't already uh emoji titles of the show uh i'm gonna say the gunfighter's pretty easy one there's there's that cowboy (laughs) hat it's the cowboy hat emoji is right there the gun emoji is right there maybe the tooth emoji
1: well, the, as yeah, well. the tooth emoji would be great. The water The, the guns emoji. now a water pistol, though, so that I guess you could sort of infer what you want
0: from that emoji when you need to. <laughs> I mean, this this one might as well have been shot with water pistols, so it seems kind of appropriate. Um, Fair. Yeah, so so do that if you haven't already, and uh, and go uh, smash that like, subscribe, uh, follow button on YouTube where we're we're yeah. climbing in the rankings.
1: So if you were just listening to us talk about reviews, and you think, hey, I've already left a review, how else can I support the show? One one thing you can really do, because I know a lot of you listen on Spotify, is actually head over to YouTube and follow us there as well. Uh, We've had a a nice growth of followers there, but we're at about 400 some, and I'd really love to get to 500 by, well, maybe not by the end of the year, but soon soon. And uh, also that would give us license to set our sights on that 1,000 mark, which would be amazing. And it's, yeah, things are, yeah, Things are going really well on YouTube. Obviously, you get to see us. That's the huge bonus. But um, we have a lot of good conversation that's happening there, too. We're getting all of our shorts there. And some of them are going pretty viral, both on TikTok and YouTube. And there's a lot of good comments uh, that are coming from both of those networks. So there's a whole another level of interactivity there to take part in. Uh, so, f- please follow us there as well.
0: Yeah, definitely head over to YouTube if you are suspicious of TikTok and uh, it's some uh, mm-hmm. influence. If you think it's spyware, going over to YouTube. But if you don't, then head on over to TikTok, where there Ooh. are fabulous conversations happening.
1: It just occurred to me. It's funny <laughs> that we're, we're we're doing this the day after they did the Optimus Spending Bill in Congress. Yes, and I do know one of the uh, parts of that bill was government employees can no longer have tiktok on their phones so if you are a government employee and you really want to see both our videos and interact with fans of the show youtube is definitely the place to be so
0: so check that out that's right they they set up a 1.7 trillion trillion dollar spending bill to attempt to push pull to open uh <laughs> if essentially out of your mind by uh, by taking uh Taking it away from TikTok, taking you away from TikTok, but we won't let that happen, will we, folks? Uh, you you can head over and see all of our TikTok shorts on yep. YouTube. So uh, we've got some good comments there on TikTok. Yeah. I hear it's a platform where people are not shy about saying stuff. Yeah,
1: for those of you who are braving whatever surveillance there <laughs> may be on TikTok, and you know, I'm sure it's fine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there is a great amount of interaction going on there. Honestly, I, I continue to be humbled by our TikTok uh, commenters because uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of thoughtful people, a lot of super fans. And, uh, you know, when we talked about last week, a lot of comments on our Blink videos, they really brought a couple of extra dimensions to the story that I never never would have occurred to me. So yeah. that was amazing. So our most recent set of videos were around the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion and of course, we could not could not get out of uh, we could we could not cut a video around Capaldi's masterful speech at the end of that Indeed. departure. And uh, tons of comments on that one. Uh, they're still coming. Uh, but there was an interesting comment here that um, I wasn't sure about at first. But he he the way he explains it was. Um, Really, really thoughtful. And I'd just like to read it now. It's going to be a longer mm. comment, guys, just so you guys mm. know. So I'm going to be reading for a bit, but I really want you to listen to all of it. So this is by Mr. Twin Spark. And he says, I disagree with the content of the speech politically, but his performance is that good. I agree with it for a solid half hour. It's that good. And someone actually asked, like, wait a minute, like this, that sounds like an insane take. What do you mean? And um, to this person's credit, he very thoughtfully explained his position. And I I think Mm -hmm. it's actually a really good thing that's a a fair comment and uh, fair to discuss. So he says, thing is, he's saying you shouldn't ever have war because you should always sit down and talk. Revolution isn't good because people die. And to a point, he's right. But there are times where there is no choice. There are times where oppression will not end without violence. The Arab Spring, the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution. There's often no way out of oppression without violence. Or is terrible. Sometimes it's necessary. But the speech takes a stance you shouldn't have a revolution because innocent people will die and someone will do a revolution to you in the future. And I just don't feel that's the right message. It feels like it's saying that if you're oppressed, kind of just go with it a bit. I think it's (laughs) muddled a bit by the fact that we don't really know what the rebel Zygon seem to be fighting against. It never felt clear. And that oppressed... And the oppressor will meet on equal ground, but they don't because if you have the power, you don't relinquish it easily. I'd be entirely fine had it not been framed around what he explicitly calls a revolution. Had it better, had it been just a regular war, it would have sat better with me. It's just that framing it around it being a revolution, that throws me. Revolutions don't happen for no reason, and people die fighting for freedom, not just some extra land or oil. Innocent people die, yes, but they were dying anyway under the original regime. That's my issue here. So that what I, I was... Interesting. Sorry that was so long, but I really no, thought no, it was I, a very smart comment. It's the kind of discussion that we often have on the show. Yeah. And I, I think he brings up a great point. You know, it's, it's just there's a very um nuanced take on this that you can have and and again it's one of these things you don't necessarily always have to agree with the politics of the show or usually I mean it changes with Hmm. producers but of any particular episode to appreciate the episode. Right. Yeah I think that's that speaks to well of this person's fandom and um just what kind of fan they are because also the the person who responded to them, I just want to give the the original commenter kudos. He could have got defensive, you know, yeah. as so happens a lot on on social media, and then it becomes kind of a flame war. He didn't do that. He came and it really fully explained his position. And it, it, it's like, can you believe it? The internet produced some really thoughtful and productive discussion
0: around around something. It's, uh, it's Yeah, it's no no ad hominems. Uh, five out of yeah. five stars for that discussion. Uh, I'm really, really glad that Pulter Open is attracting the sort of thoughtful historical debate. Who'd have thought? Uh, I'd love the opportunity to respond a little bit. I, uh, I'm i surprised that, they, that he mentioned the Russian Revolution as a positive one, first of all. Hmm. Uh, We forget that that there already had been a Russian Revolution, uh, that the Tsar had already been deposed, and that it was actually, you know, the Bolsheviks were a tiny, tiny splinter group. Um, who were extremely radical as opposed to Alexander Kerensky I remember this well, studied it at a school um, who was sort of more of a liberal reformer um, you know, and Russia probably would have been in a lot better straits and fewer people would have died um, so actually that, that may work against uh, the commenter's point mm. um, however the, the point is well taken and I think it, what he should have inserted there was the American revolution right i mean it's that was a certain level of repression as a a brit i'm prepared to admit that you guys didn't want to pay tax on your tea fine um (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and now look at you paying sales tax on your box of liptons who's laughing now um at least it's not vat though uh, (laughs) that is is a crazy rate my friend okay good point good point (laughs) good point uh yes you are free from the terrors of vat well done america no but seriously it, it was obviously it was a positive revolution it was uh relatively bloodless in terms of like there could have been you know a white versus right. red russia kind of situation where you know the revolutionaries fight the tories for years after the revolution but instead it was just sort of like let's all move forward together you know not not so much as amnesty as just like let's Build a new country out of this. So so I take the point. I think that it is clearer in the show, in the Zygon Invasion and Inversion, what their aims are than this, mm-hmm. this comment suggests. It is clear that their aims are let's just have a let's wake the wake the Zygon mm-hmm. race up, we'll just have a war, we'll have it out with the humans. Like that that seems to be their right. only yeah. ideology. And it's a self-destructive one, it's a suicidal one. right and that's sort of the issue with it yeah yeah and also the doctor i mean clearly the doctor knows that there are some wars that need to be fought Mm -hmm. uh he fought in the time war reluctantly for that reason deliberately had regeneration into a warrior so that he could do that um you know good man goes to war there's another example of it you know sometimes you do but but also like if if anyone knows the difference (laughs) between a good war and a And a suicidal revolution is the doctor, I would say.
1: Well, and also I think on display is his faith in humanity, which in the Mm. scene is sort of represented by Kate Stewart, which um, changes the equation a little bit. And maybe, I don't know if it, you know, uh, makes this guy's point redundant, which is still a good point, but it is the, because he's right. Like if you have an oppressive and effectively irrational or at least a leadership that simply will not listen, like they won't even sit down and talk. What choice do you have? Hmm. But here there's kind of sanity on both sides. And, you know, you could peel it apart because a part of it is also power, right? Like if you have all the power, you have no reason to sit down with someone. So you don't really have a revolution. You can't really sit at the table and talk until you demonstrate you have power that should be talked to. Hmm. Um, and that, Often requires violence. What often, but of course, what happens in revolutions, is the violence doesn't violence doesn't stop there. Like if yeah. we're being real about revolutions, like a certain revenge quality takes upon this, and rarely do, is ever um, the, the previous regime just given amnesty in some magnanimous way. You know, usually yeah. there's either they're either just summarily executed or some kind of show trial happens. So, um, to 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 have this sort of end with like a more like negotiation or more of a like peace talks negotiation um, seemed like the only way they could do it in this setup. Mm. Um, but uh, again, Commander's not wrong. Uh, I think there are definitely like, this is the great thing about Dr. Who. There are several episodes and you just named a bunch where you could look at the other side of this and, you know, so, so show the heroes with their hand forced into, into the violent choice. Yes, uh, but I think this is like a bold, interesting, and different take uh, that the new show took in doing this. And you know, we both gave yeah. it. You know, even though there was a, a, other problems with that story that we talked about at the time, I mean, it's telling that we both gave it gave it a good, you know, a positive review. Yeah.
0: Hater banger hybrid. Yeah. So. So, speaking, speaking of yeah. haters... <laughs> <Good> discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, TikTok tournaments, for for having thoughtful discussion. Uh, please head on over to TikToks or to YouTube uh, and uh, raise the level of debate. Uh, that is my mm-hmm. challenge to you. We like to challenge the randomizer, but I'm challenging the audience here. Uh, go, go on and, and raise the tone and, and uh, you know, let's help cement pull to Open's reputation as the thoughtful Doctor Who podcast. Uh, where you you the audience have a say you have a voice and uh we interact with that voice and let's let's keep this conversation going folks absolutely and feel, feel free to share that voice on
1: tiktok where we are at poll to open or twitter and instagram where we are at poll to open 63 and youtube just what we were talking about a little earlier youtube.com slash to open okay
0: it's time we can delay no longer we
1: can't... There's no other business. It's the holiday. Nothing's happening. I mean, they're still shooting the show, but we talked all about the costume last week, and there's been no... Yeah. I can't stall anymore, can I? <laughs> no, it.
0: you can't. It is because we always start our discussion, as we will start, oh, with God. the gunfighters. With TLDW, too long Doctor Who, or too long didn't watch. And in this case, it it kind of applies to me, because honestly, I I got lost in the plot <laughs> of the gunfighters here. Uh, it's It's not very clear exactly... What is going on in any instance? So I'm so glad that this week, uh, Pete, it is your turn in the chair. Yeah. (laughs) And we allocate 30 seconds per Classic Who episodes. That means that you have two minutes to summarize The Gunfighters. How are you feeling?
1: So here's the thing. Like, I only finished watching it last night. I'd seen it, obviously, decades ago, but I haven't seen it Mm. since then. And... I still <laughs> needed to before uh, I haven't done the usual amount of prep that I usually do for this podcast because of our schedules in the holiday. And I had to, uh, I hastily read through a summary of the story <laughs> yeah. prior to this. And we'll see, we'll actually, we'll just soon find out if that was a waste of time or not, because well, I don't I'll, know I'll if tell you that what.
0: much clearer on episodes three and four. I'll tell you what, I I will give you extra points. Um, no matter what, no matter whether you finish the summary in two minutes, I'll give you extra points if you sing it. <laughs> sing it I, I, to the tune of The Last Chance Saloon. Okay. Uh, oh my god.
1: Okay. No. no, I don't think I can do that. Not, uh, not necessarily, I, I, I but if you can rhyme on your feet.
0: Verse. <laughs>
1: maybe a verse. yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. Not little too much prep. In fact, I could just cite that I could just sing the song, which
0: is a pretty good plot summary for yeah. <laughs> all twenty verses mm. of Last Chance Saloon. Yeah, uh, more than two minutes for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right, well do well, that, listeners, but I will put you through a two-minute
0: attempted plot summary of yes, with rings on your fingers and bells on your toes. It is time to start the official pull-to-open summary of the Gunfighters. In three. Two, one, go.
1: Hey, it's the Old West, and the TARDIS materializes in Tombstone, Arizona, just days before the legendary shootout at the OK Corral. The Doctor, Steven, and Dodo quickly mix into the local populace. They go to the Last Chance Saloon, where the Clantons are getting ready uh, to uh, take on Doc Holliday. They're looking for him, and they enlist this guy, Seth Harper, who's a gunfighter, and they try to get him... Uh, to to come to the last chance saloon where they can shoot him. The doctor has a toupee, it turns out. So he actually goes to Doc Holiday's dentistry. He's just opened up a, a, a dentistry in Tombstone, and he gets his tooth pulled. But the uh, Doc Holiday notices that uh, that he's going to be in trouble, and he actually sets up the doctor to look like him and have his gun so that they mistake him for Holiday. And the doctor gets basically pulled into this. The Clantons try to um. Threaten him by making Steven and Dodo uh, sing this terrible song uh, while they're One there. And, uh, but basically, there's a lot of back and forth. The doctor gets the jump on the Clantons with the help from Holiday um, and eventually gets thrown in jail uh, just really for his protection by Wide Earp and the Earps. Um, obviously I have issues with the Clantons who are local rustlers <laughs> the Clantons are going to uh, 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 try to try to get Do- Doc Holliday who they think is the, the, the doctor to come out of the jail and they threaten to hang Steven uh, that seconds. doesn't work and basically there's a lot of back and forth Holliday leaves Tombstone for a bit he comes back but he says he's got, got Dodo with him Dodo threatens him to come back they come back so the Holliday allies himself with the Earps who the Clantons have shot uh, the, one of the brother of killed one of them so they're out for revenge Earp, uh, who's a marshal, White Earp deputizes the doctor and they all come together at the okay corral at the end and Dodo, the doctor and Steven don't shoot anybody but they are part of the uh, events with where the herps shoot time. them and then they eventually get into the darkness and take off
0: <laughs> pretty good, pretty good uh, yeah, um, a few few seconds over but yeah. that's all good, it's Christmas we'll f- we'll forgive it We'll, we'll yeah. say that's a success. Uh, very well done. You do. you got in some names that I completely forgot. Uh, the uh, Seth Harper. I yeah, completely I, forgot who that was. Um, I didn't so, get back
1: around where Holiday shoots him.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. So There's that. And I actually, I
1: completely for, not, not forgot. I didn't get around to Johnny Ringo.
0: You didn't uh, get around to Johnny Ringo. Yeah. You didn't get around to Charlie the bartender, yeah, who is murdered. so memorialized he gets two verses, despite just being on screen for five <laughs> seconds. He gets two verses as the last chance to um sh- yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, there,
1: there's stuff I left out, but ultimately <laughs> it, it revolves around the gunfight at the OK Corral and yes. the doctor and Steven and Dodo getting pulled into that web of the issues between warring factions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty good. Some, some time in Chris's history corner in this (laughs) one, but (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) barely like it's so a historical, I barely even bothered, but yeah, uh, let me, let me just give a shout out. First of all, um, I would, I would like to send a special message to me in the past. um, And also anyone else who hasn't seen the gunfighters as I hadn't before. I had to watch it for the show. Um, if you, if you've been curious about the show, because it does have this sort of legend around it of being one of the worst, you know, lowest audience appreciation mm-hmm. score, uh, not actually ranked the worst in a lot of polls, but you know, it sort of still, still has this kind of, you know, clinging to it, this, this stench of, uh, failure. Um, so you may be wondering just how bad is it? Uh, and is it one of those so bad it's good kind of things that you should watch? Um, I'm here to tell you, no, it is not. <laughs> it is not so bad. It's good. Do not indulge your curiosity. It's bad. It is star Wars holiday special levels are bad. And the Ouch. sets are good. The, uh, you know, the, the sets, if you compare the set to the set for planet of giants, like it's clearly, they've spent a lot more money on this. Um, mm-hmm. the camera yeah. work is good. There are some good angles. The final shootouts got some interesting camera work. um, but overall no just no and 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 yeah it just don't don't watch it and a big part of it is this song that is just it sticks in your head and it's so cloying and it starts to update you on the action that you've just seen and and by the third episode you just want to hurl something at the tv every time the damn song comes on um there's more to say about the song but but people what how was your overall reaction to seeing this? Again? I
1: think, I think you're a bit harsh. Um, I would say that the gunfighters is not an example of good doctor who, but he, he, mm. it it, it, it and for the different reasons. I mean, the, the song is kind of love it or hate it. I think I have to, I think I hate it.
0: Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear from I, anyone who loves it, but I, yeah, I
1: grew to hate it, you know, like in other words, I was willing to go with it and then, the song eventually almost becomes narration to the mm-hmm. point where, if it were done in a modern way, you you would have you would be so tongue you might you'd be tempted to break the fourth wall and have mm. people start literally reacting to the song like that. That would that might save it, you know. Like, wait a mm. minute, what did they, that person just say? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that would that would have been fun. That wouldn't be Doctor Who though, right? So, um, but overall, uh, yes, it's a historical. Um, you noted the production values, which I agree are actually amazing hmm. uh, for the time, for sure. Uh, but even generally, like it still looks great. It looks like a great Western set. Um, but I think what I what I like about this is that it shows Hartnell's funny side more than most other episodes. Like he he hmm. Hartnell is very underrated as a comedic actor. Usually, you think of Trouton, you think of McCoy, certainly Tom Baker. But like Hartnell has a lot of like really amusing moments here. Like he's so playful, and yeah. that whole first episode with the tooth pull is so surreal. Like I gotta say, the Gunfighter starts out pretty strong. It does, and then it just gets into this weird, uh, strangely Byzantine uh, faction war between the Clantons and the Herbs. And I honestly, like, I've seen Tombstone not mm. for a while. Uh, I even saw that terrible Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp epic. Um, this might oh, be wow. the most needlessly complicated retelling <laughs> of the the fight at the OK Corral in the background to it. It just felt like what what's everyone doing and where are they and what's wh- what's happening and it's it's not really helped by the accents. Um, yeah, and it's weird yeah.
0: because the writer Donald Cotton uh, actually had a friend in the US, uh, cabaret performer in the US, who knew who went and visited Tombstone, Arizona, for him to do some research oh, interesting. and then went and just ignored everything and, and wrote the story he wanted to write. <laughs> uh, you know, part of the problem is it's not Wyatt up who was the marshal. It was uh, Virgil, uh, you know, oh, holiday okay. doc. Holiday was a dent, did practice a dentist in Georgia, I believe, but never in tombstone, uh, bat Masterson who like, why is he even there? He wasn't even the sheriff, uh, mm. Johnny Ringo, Why is he there? He wasn't, present for the okay Corral fight he was just thrown in i guess because it was part of the 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 overall like donald Cotton seems to be stuck the the writer seems to have been stuck in in terms of how to approach this uh is it a pure historical is it a satire of cowboy films and Mm. you sort of see him leaning towards the latter a few times i mean it is a farce quite i mean sure, i, I yeah. mean that i mean that in the literal sense like it seems to have been written as a farce because the doctor in, in true shakespearean farce style has been mistaken for doc holiday um
1: well and also the last chance saloon is like mm. this it's basically the the you know the room with four doors with, with people sort of coming in and out and yeah. people shooting people from hidden places. And then, you know, I, I can't, how many murders happen there? The two or three or something like that. And it's just kind of mm. like people just keep coming in and out of there. And, you know, once, once the scene starts in that saloon, you know, like there's probably going to be some kind of either cliche or goofy ending. Yeah. Again, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like that could lead to a so bad it's good. Uh, outcome, And I think sometimes it does. I just don't think it's, it's consistent enough.
0: I mean, the, the deaths, uh, if you're a fan of scenery scenery chewing deaths, uh, then the Gunfighters is, is your show. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a chew in the scenery in the last chance saloon. Um, <laughs> yeah, they it just, you know what? The, the song just kind of like, I, I want to redeem the song somehow. So first of all, I'm going to mention that it was sung by Linda Barron, who's not Mm -hmm. on on screen. We've encountered Linda Barron before. Do you remember? She was in Closing Time. Oh, was she? She Oh, yeah, she was
1: the shopkeeper?
0: Yes, she's the woman in the department store who thinks that the doctor and and Craig, is it the the James Corden character, uh, have that baby together. So hmm. you know what we've done? We've done a Linda Baron bingo, Linda Baron and Doctor <laughs> Who bingo. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we've completed it here. We've also done a bingo of Doctor Who songs that are sung by cast members. Hmm. So uh, the only other one, I believe, and and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, is in the King's Demons.
1: Okay, but I mean, she wasn't a cast member until years
0: later. Oh uh, right? no, but but Stephen and Dodo sing it
1: oh yes of
0: course yeah Yeah. so so uh in terms of songs that are sung by anyone in the cast that's it we've done it we've bingoed um thank you randomizer for for getting that one out of the way um and the song i mean i just sort of (laughs) i kind of got a bit carried away with the idea of um like you just continue the song throughout doctor who history but you save it for really important moments Mm. like if at the at the very end of Earthshock. you know you don't get the uh, right. the, the Doctor Who music at the outro You just get So it's farewell to Adric As he plummets <laughs> to the earth Far Keep away going. from E-space and the world Of his birth I, Wow that's as as I've got. You, <laughs> you got more verses? I'm, I'm here for it man <laughs> I got a world watcher shot to kind of Come up with uh, the rest the of Cyber it
1: Cybermen are destroyed
0: <laughs> And the TARDIS has been Wrecked
1: The they hurry up, (laughs) doctor, and save your uh wretched kid
0: <laughs> i don't know i had to, I you, you need something that rhymes it. with heathrow and the doctor's gonna go ignore right. it and go back to heathrow uh some... it live i was never i was
1: never that good <laughs> at uh rap duels either sorry everyone
0: um yes if I... you have a song of verse for last chance saloon to apply to your favorite doctor <laughs> who story please let us know in the comments <laughs> wow this could be our new like emoji
1: reviews in last chance saloon versus <laughs> yes uh, as the plots of every episode Okay. That's like the end of year. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it is the first song commission for the show, so you could see why right. they would want to use it and use it and use it and overuse it as a Greek chorus, but it's just it's so bad. But uh by the way, if we if we want if the randomizer wants a full bingo on songs in Doctor Who, we've done Love Don't Roam, which is in The Runaway Bride. Hmm. Um also commissioned for the show We'll we'll need the Christmas Invasion. Uh, for a song for a 10.
1: Right. Uh, We'll need end of the world uh, for the jukebox music. I think it was, was it toxic
0: by Britney Spears? Was that the one that comes up? Oh no, I'm saying commissioned for the show. Oh, commissioned for the show. Right. right, Unless, unless that's a little known doctor who fact that uh, toxic was commissioned (laughs) for, for doctor who Um, there was apparently a song that was on the radio that was uh, in, in remembrance of the Dalek. Uh, mm. Daleks that was commissioned for, for that that plays on Aces Radio. Oh, okay. Um
1: so we're we are going to get that one. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so ones, we we're just any others. We're we're two so far as I know, we're two away from a uh, newly commissioned songs for for Doctor Who uh mm. So
1: Yeah, so it's funny. Um so the song I feel like is a symptom of of a, sort of a bigger issue. Hmm. And I sort of alluded to this at the beginning, but this is a very tumultuous time in the show's history. There was a changeover, um, a couple of changeovers. When Verity Lambert announced she was leaving in the previous season, um, they went through a couple of producers pretty quickly. And they commissioned a bunch of episodes. uh, But basically, this is, I believe, it's either the first or the second Serial, where Innes Lloyd is credited with being the producer and and was the producer, but he hadn't commissioned it, and so so holdover
0: from the the Tosh
1: regime, I believe. Yes, that's right, Tosh. Tosh. So the name didn't uh, pop in my head. So what they did, um, like, I feel like this was made kind of reluctantly, and it was made more as an experiment of Hmm. stuff they were wanted to do. Like, let's just do a western. Um, but they seem way too caught up in experimenting and just generally telling some version of the OK Corral story than actually yeah. writing a Doctor Who episode. Um, yeah, like I say, yeah. it starts out strong with the mistaken identity thing, but then it just doesn't seem no, to know where to go with it um, after after an episode or two. Like exactly. the first cliffhanger is OK. The second cliffhanger is better. Um, but think about it. There's, that's a cliffhanger where the doctor is like in a jail. And Mm. is being told not to do anything. And then (laughs) ends up kind of not doing anything. You know, like it's like what happens is Wyatt Earp comes out and punches a guy.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, that sort of fixes the situation. And Mm. the doctor's just staying inside and doing whatever, right? Like, I mean, like you're not having the main characters really have much effect here. And, you know, you go to get to the uh, shootout at the OK Corral. Yeah, they're sort of there. But it's not like you're going to show the doctor and Steven and everyone like shooting up everybody, right? Like, I mean, so how how is that your 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 climax? You know, like we know what happens to to some hmm. extent. So like, um, give us a twist, give us something else, give us a uh, something to pay attention to that beyond just the uh, the sort of historical thing you're doing. Um, and it yeah. should not be the song.
0: Yeah, but I believe this was commissioned after uh, the Myth Makers was was kind of a, a hit. In terms of the historicals, right, and um, uh, can't go wrong it, with a big horse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Mythmakers. There's there's a lot to build on there with the uh, the siege of Troy. Uh, this is another another
1: sort of symptom, I think, of this new regime here. It's like you, you get these punny episode titles, mm-hmm. and one of them is a holiday for the Doctor, which is a little bit clever. Uh, mm. But it's funny you bring up the Mythmakers because um, there one of the episodes there. I believe the name is. Is there a doctor in the horse? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. I like that. Yeah, definitely better than uh, "Holiday for the Doctor" and and the whole. It's it's not the first Doctor Who joke, is it? For as as an episode title, or uh, it it is uh, it, no in terms of the where he says my name's Doctor Cagliari, and the oh, other guy says yeah. Yeah. Caligari, right? category um and and uh, the other guy says who and the doctor says uh, oh the
1: doctor who yeah. did, when they actually it, say those yes words, doctor, exactly who together. yes 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 <laughs> no it's, i i'm not sure actually oh well obviously yes of course the very first episode has it uh i think mm-hmm. it's technically episode two where they barbara refers to him as dr foreman and ian turns mm-hmm. to her he's like that's not his name it's clear, like he didn't even know who that the name was when I mentioned it to him. Who is he, Doctor Who? He mm-hmm. just shrugs, and so so that's the first sort of mention of the title. I guess it's almost like the justification for it for the brand new viewers who are who are encountering the show.
0: Um And now, yeah, yeah I I've got to say this yeah. this does have. So Stephen Moffat has this theory, right, that Doctor Who is actually his assume his full assumed name, which mm-hmm. was made explicit in uh, Worlds Enough at Time.
1: Yeah, uh was it wasn't made explicit though. I think that's what the th- th- Missy likes to Miss, say. Missy I mean, I says guess, that. Yeah. yeah. but it's like so many times it's he's basically said just the doctor thanks.
0: Yes. Um but it's but it's like it's all over the place here. First of all, Doctor Who. Yes, precisely. Uh but also um, the like the uh use of it in Doctor Who and the Savages, which is the um the we have the the lead in to the Savages which is the next story. Right. At the end uh, so it's one of those doctor who and titles, which didn't actually pan out because from the savages onwards, they didn't uh, have separate episode titles. Um, right. So that's the final yeah. mention of it. Uh, and of course we are reminded that he, that is, was his name in the credits um, for the first three doctors, I believe. Um, I think it might've yeah. even been four. I think it might've mm.
1: been Davison who wanted mm. have been changed. Yes. I think yeah. we talked about that once before. Um, yeah, yeah. So lots of jokes. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I like I like the comedic stuff very much in the first episode. Like I was very into the doctor going in, getting his tooth pulled. Uh, I, I think it's hilarious that Doc Holiday is there about to pull the tooth, and he's he's already holding the bottle of whiskey. Like yes. he's just got it there it's not like he reaches in a drawer. It's just in his hand when the doctor asks for us a- anesthetic. And then he takes a drink. And of course the doctor, like any rational person, like the dentist, w- whether you're in the old West or not, the dentist is like, takes a drink. Be, Whoa. Hey, um, I think, I think I'm just going to go. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna get
0: this taken care of elsewhere. It's really definitely drunk. a classic scene. I cannot get over the doctor who, ha- the, the doctor having a toothache. And, uh, this right. this led me into some interesting headcanon here. here, uh, because uh, do do time lords get toothache? Like we've never heard of this again. They do mention their teeth a lot, which is interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Tennant mentions uh, yeah. new, new teeth. Knows those teeth. Yeah. Um, so is is toothache a sign that your body is wearing a bit thin? Ooh. If you're a time lord. And does good. this explain why the first doctor is sort of generally grumpy? Because it's not just because he's an, an old codger in general. It's that the toothache is a sign that he knows he's uh, he's dying long before the 10th planet. Um, but did you like I, that bit where they
1: they scold him for having a sweet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was very much like, okay, kids, send him, all you kids watching. Be sure to brush your teeth after your sweets, or don't end up like the doctor
0: and in the old west and getting your tooth pulled by a gunfighter. That's, that's right, because they might not have anesthetic, and the doctor mm. will weirdly think that anesthetic is a thing in eighteen in the eighteen eighties in Arizona. I don't think he would actually do that. That was a bit unrealistic, but like,
1: I, I was always like, dude, tough it up and wait yeah. until you're in the future. Like, <laughs> exactly, just, just deal with it for a while.
0: Um, it's just toothache, dude. Yeah. And why is he not just, carry, you know, traveling around with his capacious pockets full of, uh, full of ibuprofen or whatever? You know, just yeah, like, yeah. have have some painkillers on hand. If if why step out of the target? The target is infinite. It's got to have a medicine cabinet somewhere. Uh, I gotta say so,
1: though, I I do like these little bits that humanize the doctor more. And yeah. i not human, but. Um, I prefer a more humanized doctor who is mortal and bleeds and has toothaches mm-hmm. and whatever else than sort of the semi superhuman that has kind of emerged in the new who, in New Who, in the new series, uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, he can essentially regenerate hands. I don't know why he can't regenerate a tooth. I guess he's not in the first part of his regeneration cycle. So I guess that makes sense. Um, but he can also like fall from a great height and generally survive. Um, like all of these sort of things that knew who sort of made, made gave him a little too much invulnerability. I like mm. these sort of reminders. And if nothing else, the gunfighters does that. Oh, the doctor has similar foibles and weaknesses and, you know, he can be hurt. And that's important for for heroes. They need to be yeah. able to sort of be hurt and occasionally fail and get smacked around. We still want them to be underdogs.
0: Absolutely. And and I, I yeah there there's some uh, there's another humanizing factor here, well several. First of all, you know, to continue the headcanon, um maybe if he has uh, if he knows he's dying, maybe he has a regeneration wish, and that explains why he's happy to play around with guns in this story <laughs> despite stating at the same time in the story that he doesn't like guns, which is good that on point for the doctor. But Also, he's like you know twirling them, yeah, and he fires one or or thinks he <laughs> fires one accidentally, like he he just doesn't seem to care, right? So, the doctor's got a death wish, maybe he wants to regenerate. Um, yeah, that's it one would of also my scenes in yeah. the, when he's in the prison and he's just mm-hmm. goofing
1: around with it, hey, and he's asked, Yeah, Why, can you do this? You know, hey. like
0: I've been, I've been hanging out with Mr. It. Then, Mr. Worp, he says, Mr. Yeah,
1: Worp, what, yes, that's that was pretty funny, and but. I like his line where he's like, I, I hate guns. People just keep giving them to me. Like, what's going on? What kind of world is this? It's like, well, it's the old West, Doctor. People are just going to keep handing you guns.
0: Indeed. And uh, so, okay, more more headcanon to come out of this. The Doctor says he's teetotal. Yes. Right. So, and he is, in fact, drinking milk in, mm-hmm. in the bar. As for milk, receives it in a later scene. Um, yeah, that's first a of all
1: callback. I think it's in episode four. Dodo yeah. and Steven are sitting there, and they, they make no mention of it, but they're clearly drinking milk. I thought that yeah. was a really nice visual gag.
0: Yeah, Dodo and the Doctor, yes. Dodo and the um, Doctor, right, right. Yeah, um, but first of all, he's a liar. Rule number one, the Doctor mm-hmm. lies. He's had mead in the Tide Meddler. Oh, And in fact, okay. said it was delicious. Um, and we also know that he is drinking in uh, Twice Upon a Time, right? Mm. Uh, just before the 10th planet, there's the whole thing with the brandy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so is is the doctor an alcoholic who keeps falling off the wagon?
1: Well, you, to say nothing of Pertwee, who oh. was a one-man wine and cheese show in, <laughs> I think it was Day of the Daleks.
0: So oh, I haven't seen that.
1: You know, oh, the finer things, you know? He was a, mm. a stylish guy who was connoisseur just like mr bond perhaps uh so you know of course you had to have him occasionally taking a drink yeah i mean clearly i mean i guess you might be able to forgive different doctors who might have you know different personalities and change that line but um the brandy thing well Mm. you could you could you could say that brandy is medicinal
0: Right, You could, and perhaps the Doctor has been driven to drink by the awareness of his upcoming regeneration.
1: (laughs) Okay, that works too, that works too. Good headcanon,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I like it. (laughs) Speaking of um, headcanon, I I have something that will explain away all problems with the gunfighters, and it's the fact that it comes directly after the Celestial Toymaker. Yes. And if if I'm, who, of course, as we know, is going to return for the 60th anniversary special. Well, we don't know it. Well, we don't know (laughs) it, but like it's an open secret. Neil Patrick Harris is the Celestial Toymaker. They haven't refuted that despite it being written in multiple places. I think RTD would refute it. So I wouldn't be surprised if RTD is going to use the Celestial Toymaker to... Cover up a lot of sort of a lot of long-standing Doctor Who plot holes, or allow us to in our own head canon, right? And I think one line I've I've I've, a li- I've written a line for uh, for RTD and for Neil Patrick Harris to say during the specials that would would get over this uh, would get over everything. I could just say, have him say, "Oh come on, Doctor, you've been skipping in and out of my universe ever since." You know, ever since mm. we met in the Celestial Toymaker. Or did you think that was the real Tombstone Arizona with the song and everything? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. good? Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I think it's a little too much of a get out of jail free card if you uses yeah. it. But it is <laughs> it is funny to see them in their sort of Celestial Toymaker outfits at the beginning of this one. And then yes. quickly change into Hollywood version of Cowboys, um, which is, I think, a joke. I don't know if this is just a trope or a thing they do, like like these show person cowboy outfits, because they made mm-hmm. the same joke in Back to the Future Three, where yes, um, Michael J. Fox's character basically you know, sent back by Doc in time to the Old West in what he thinks is like what people dressed there like, but it's like a pink shirt with tassels and basically weird chaps and it's just like it just you look like a complete goofball
0: um, Well, that is uh that's definitely well into the the tradition of the dude ranch mm. right which is a thing that started in the 1890s which is actually where we we get the word dude from it's from dude ranch you kind of go up and you, you pose as a cowboy for a weekend new yorkers did it all and it, mm. it sort of meant at first that you were kind of a dandy you know you were a, you were a day trip but you just went up pretended to play at cowboys and then went back to your job in the city
1: and so they would the sell all this sort of dude ranch fashion i guess and i guess yeah and then it just, just sort pick of... up one of these glorious shirts that you'd be like <laughs> it was made for better photography i suppose
0: it became a thing in the yeah. 50s really in in terms of fashion because there was so much cowboy content on tv mm. um you know, and, and Westerns were so popular, including the gunfight at the O.K. Corral, which precedes this by about nine years, I believe. Um, hmm. You know, it was, movie, it was just, mean. yeah, the movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was just very, very fashionable to dress like a cowboy. So I think that's it's kind of what, what Stephen is referencing. It's definitely supposed to be a bit over the top, but it is, it is weird that having done that, and supposedly if you're doing a Western farce, that nobody would comment on, steven's strange gear after that like why not Mm. have it be a running gag it's definitely what you do with new who it's what they do in legend of the sea devils with dan's pirate costume right
1: right yeah they dress him up in this thing and then they just never really make reference to it he's Mm. just kind of there and you know it it helps us see him (laughs) in scenes where there's a bunch of people with hats um but it doesn't do much more than that
0: um, yeah, I mean, it kind of looks cool. I I actually like that first cliffhanger where where Stephen has to sing the song at gunpoint and kind of keeps looking doing double takes at the guns pointed around him. Um, first of all, Peter Perv's not actually a bad singer. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh, all right. they, it was supposed to be Dodo during this doing the singing, and they found out that that the actress uh, couldn't really sing, couldn't really hold a tune, so they switched. Uh, Jackie Lane plays Dodo. Yeah, Jodo. Um, uh, he actually I- couldn't sing.
1: He he does okay. I do know Peter Purvis hated it, <laughs> hated singing, yep. and did not like this episode.
0: Um, he he's there, actually come around on it. He actually thinks yeah. the story is pretty good now. But yeah, he, right. he it was colored by the fact that he hated the song so much.
1: He hated the song, um, but yes, I, I was listening to the commentary a little bit on the DVD, mm. and he he's ta- he's definitely come around. He's basically says, you know mm. what, this actually looks great, and there there's a really fun story here. Um, but um, he had a lousy experience. And again, I think it's symptomatic of what I talked about earlier, where the director and the producer were more concerned with sort of telling this funny or funny and fun historical tale, uh, a historical tale it turned out, but Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the, they, they weren't really paying much attention to what the regulars were doing. And Steve, uh, sorry, Peter Purvis apparently felt that. Like basically the the director spent a lot of time casting the guest cast, which is generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. And figuring out their performances and what they were doing and really didn't didn't have much to say to him or Jackie Lane or mm. uh, William Hartnell. Just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, come in do your thing. Um, and he, yeah. he kind of felt that.
0: Supposedly, he he just kind of looked down on on Doctor Who in general. This this director, and felt it was a kid show and it was beneath him. Despite yeah, well, having been involved in uh, in Rex the Tucker. Uh, Rex Tucker, yes, is that, who that was yes. Rex Tucker, such a such a sixties name. You definitely <laughs> imagine that being the name of an Air Force Colonel.
1: Um, but apparently, also didn't get along very well with um, with William Hartnell. Uh, mm. According to this, he did he did direct. I think he directed one other story. Mm-hmm. Um...
0: Sure, well, he, me, he, he did, you know what he did do, uh, Mr. Tucker, is he approached Patrick Troughton to play the role of Ringo.
1: Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: and and Troughton turned it down because he was busy. Um, mm-hmm. But I wonder if, well, first of all, bullet dodged Mr. Troughton. Well done. Um, <laughs> Secondly, I kind of wonder whether his American accent would have been worse. Than the guy who does play Johnny Ringo, um, and it is I got I got, to, I got to bring up the accents because this is yeah. a big part of why I could barely pay attention to the plot here because to my ears and your mileage may vary to my ears these are some of the worst accents in Doctor Who this is this is Perry times a million in terms of English actors doing bad American accents and. Yeah. The guy who Agreed. plays Johnny Ringo, especially, is like, I, I could hear his his posh voice breaking through yes. uh, in almost every every line he says. And it's just, it's so distracting.
1: Yeah, the accents are the definitely the weakest thing. And they're all like, some of them are better than others, but they're all mm. very stagey. They're yeah. all very, uh, I don't know, there, there's a tone that's set here, and I don't know if it's by um, any particular actor or the director, but the whole thing just it feels very forced and solid and a lot of the dialogue just doesn't feel natural and mm-hmm. it's so of that's why i really like it when you you do get moments where the doctor is sort of the focus of a scene or gets to have a fun line in the scene because then finally you you get more of a natural uh laugh because this is clearly mostly played mm-hmm. for laughs and you just have a you know you have a better yeah, a better flow to the scene but the problem is of course the, they're way more concerned with simply you know arranging these old west chess pieces and getting them to interact than actually mm. telling a good doctor who story yeah yeah the, you, you're absolutely
0: are. right yeah it does it does get away from from the cast and from the the, the who centricness that is essential um yeah, but I I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I you know, we we've, we've talked a lot about accents on the show before and I uh you know, definitely have my ear out for them. So I'm glad it's, it wasn't just me cuz accents are definitely my Achilles heel. I will not be able to listen to the dialogue if if the accent is bad. Well,
1: who in the cast do you think had a good accent? I got to say Doc Holliday was okay. He's on screen a yeah. lot, especially early on and i just kind of liked his sort of the sneering voice he sort of has yeah uh and i think one of the better moments he has some of the better moments for sure of the guest cast and one of the better moments for me was when uh dodo tries to force him at gunpoint to go Mm. back and he just in a very cute way kind of plays along and (laughs) sort of lets her believe that she's got the better of him and he's going to just go because she did it whereas obviously he's just you know doing whatever he wants um, that was cute I mean it kind of made made you like Holiday and uh, get a little more into the the mo- what he was trying to do
0: I have to ask you this about Dodo because I know very little about the character but is she supposed to be uh, kind of uh, uh, Martha Jones to Stephen's doctor as it were uh, is she she fancies him
1: uh that's uh, that's a good question. I I don't think so. I don't
0: think they that's what they were going for. Because this isn't thing- there the moment where where she she storms off because Steven is getting too much attention from from Kate? Uh,
1: oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is I, true.
1: I never really <laughs> picked up on that. But the the thing about this period of Doctor Who, not only is it tumultuous within the show because it's you know the, the what's what survives from this period is so random. Hmm. It's really hard to feel the through line with any of these characters because yeah. if you even if you're watching all of the episodes, I think the obviously toy Toymaker is missing, Dalek's master plan is missing,
0: hmm.
1: uh Mythmakers is missing. So most of the first part of this season is gone. So I think you, you I think you literally go from the time meddler to this one. And yeah, pretty much you you kind of what, what happened to vicky what's going on and you know dodo's journey she was very ill-served i think it's very well mm. known that she was essentially um written out and it wasn't her idea and she doesn't even get a leaving scene in the war machines so yeah i mean there could have been something to explore there um but mm. it's mostly unexplored as far as i
0: know yeah just like a lot of a lot of uh unexplored moments in in the gunfighters as, as a whole like it just doesn't have the the commitment to its own bit yeah just in general um yeah
1: um, it's of that song though and uh <laughs> all of the the shooting it happens um what did you think of the barkeep who i thought oh, was kind of charlie yeah i mean he <laughs> gets to <laughs> he gets to, like in terms of like characters i think th- the characters that sort of are memorable are the ones that sort of lean into their stereotypes a bit and the meek yeah. bar the meek barkeep um this is dev- like charlie nails it um I, i'm not sure the actor's name but he uh, uh you kind of feel it when he gets shot right like it's like oh, one out for charlie. guy he's so bad <laughs> um yeah i don't know what did you think
0: i yeah i mean i couldn't get over the fact that the barkeep gets two verses um mm. of the song it's it is it's super weird that after he dies he gets his body gets laid out on the on the bar right uh which calls for another moment where so you know william hartnell accidentally accidentally puts his hand on on the body and then it's like oh 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 you know yeah um so it was all a little bit weird. He's he's just sort of it, it to my I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to Charlie because I was distracted by Johnny Ringo and his accent. I I'm really I I like the idea. Like it, with a few more twists, and if he'd been more present, um, that that could have been interesting. Mm. Maybe he could have narrated it instead of the song. Maybe mm. he could have uh, turned to camera, a la, you know, the the end of the Big Lebowski yeah (laughs) there he goes the doctor
1: (laughs) (laughs) so your accent just in that line is probably 10 (laughs) times better than anyone's in this episode thank you Um, living
0: in the u.s for 25 years i would hope so (laughs) but yeah even i would not dare do it on live on the stage um yeah so i'd say charlie
1: the doc holiday kate is pretty good um, I got to say all of the Clantons and I, even Seth Harper are pretty forgettable to me. They all kind of totally merged into the same like who's who again. And the bla- this is one of those cases where, you know, I hate to say it, the black and white does not help because yeah. at least in color, you could you could give them different vests or different hats. And, you know, with with such bland writing as to who's who. Um, you could at least get a visual cue. Here, there's very yeah, little of that. What,
0: what happened to the white hats? Why aren't the good guys wearing white right? hats? Like that seems to be yeah. the level at which this is pitched, uh, and it would at least clear things up.
1: Yeah, but uh, Hartnell's good. You got the warp, <laughs> the warp thing warp. Which doesn't get too uh, too annoying. There is a point, though I guess because Dodo's not there is the reason they don't do it because she's been taken by holiday. So they they keep have reason. They keep having some reason that they don't just leave. Mm. Um, but is there a point? I forget exactly in episode four when they all kind of get back together. It's it's kind of like why don't we just um go? <laughs>
0: like, yeah,
1: did, did it was there an opportunity before the end? Honestly, I'd have to think about it. I here here I was the guy doing the plot summary, and I don't even know. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, you're um, like, please just go. Let's just leave this doctor, and and yeah. finally, there's not even a moment at the end where. Uh, is it, uh, is it, is it Wyatt Earp who, who sees them off into the stables? I I guess they think that he thinks they're going to get on horses and, you know, nobody asks why this police box is, is sitting there. But then again, a perception filter, as we just saw in the master trilogy, the TARDIS has one, but like there was an opportunity for a moment of like, wait a minute, why are you getting in that blue box?
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: and then being shocked by it taking off. Um, yeah Yeah. definitely you know
1: missed opportunity not that that well you know what this
0: this is the only uh classic who for probably for good reason this is the only classic who serial set in the u.s set entirely in the u.s and Mm -hmm. uh the two doctors was going to be another one um which we've already been to we know that jnt wanted to set that in new orleans um, but maybe this saved it maybe the, the fact that this was so bad and the appreciation index was so low and all of that uh, perhaps that saved us for more attempts to do um, America based stories in Doctor Who
1: well it takes a while to even get another American right I, mm. I'm th- only one that comes to mind is um, in Clause of Axis remember that mm-hmm. guy I forget his name
0: um, yes yes oh sort of god the, the cia guy yeah kind of you know it was a little more memorable than
1: most of the characters here at least but mm. um maybe they got really <laughs> gun shy about <laughs> having americans uh or even any reference to america yeah. in uh the show for a while
0: yeah and, and yeah. given perry's unfortunate accent maybe they should have stayed gun shy
1: yeah it's one of those things i don't know is it was there is there a reason i guess i i wouldn't know by maybe just sheer practicality but is there a reason they didn't cast Americans is that a <laughs> Were there no American actors in London or working for the BBC? I, I, think, Is that a
0: thing? I think that's it. I think you just sort of assumed in this day and age, you you just you hire an actor and they're a jobbing actor and they could do any accent that you want, including mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s, a lot of accents that we would consider racist and you know cultural right. appropriation and all of that. Um, well, then there it was, was racism just normal
1: of casting white actors to, yes. uh, you know, portray clearly exactly. Asian characters and stuff like there that. There
0: was blackface, brownface, brown face, yellow face, all of that. It was just treated yeah. as normal. So, you know, why, why would you change that for American accents? Uh, uh, mm. I, I think that
1: people, yeah, but in here, you, here you wouldn't have to, like you could, <laughs> I mean, not that it's okay, but you could at least keep them white. I mean, if that's your mm. concern, right? Like, yeah. uh, but uh, they just didn't have them. I, I don't know. I, I also just expect there's if you have a BBC production, there's an institutional quality to the BBC. And there was certainly at at this time, right? Like you Mm -hmm. were the kind of actor that was a BBC, um, I don't know, player of some kind. And so Mm -hmm. you probably just, you probably really didn't have that many Americans who were recruited for that roles for whatever it was, no matter what the budget was.
0: There may have also been acting union rules, um, that would have prevented, you know, yeah, um, prevented the the hiring right, of foreigners right. exactly for British labor. Well, there labor. was
1: there was one. Um, just I only know this because I was listening to the commentary and they had oh, Shane yeah, there was Rimmer, a can,
0: who's Canadian. Yeah, right. So yeah. he
1: played Seth Harper. He's Canadian. Um So that's borderline.
0: <laughs> it that's looks like closer. that's why you remember Seth right. Harper. Canadians yeah. represent. Yeah, exactly. I got it. Really? Uh, maybe they should. I mean, there were bound to be a lot more Canadians in London. And, you know, they were right. in the Commonwealth. Oh, so, yes. exactly, you were on, on our side, whereas uh, Johnny Yank, uh, not so sure <laughs> about that. Um, but, yes, they're always a little suspect. Um, yeah, and also we we should give a shout out to the Tenth Planet, to the the terrible general ripper like character oh
1: that's right yeah (laughs) someone was going to shout at that like i we should really stop trying to get our (laughs) memories and figure out like if this is uh, the first or the only
0: because we always seem to it is interesting that the randomizer does seem to love bad american accents that's true we've had so many of them we've had the 10th planet we've had so many perry episodes and a quite ridiculous quantity of perry episodes that's true yeah um so and we had attack yes.
1: of the cybermen we had the two doctors and yeah. the
0: mysterious planet. Um I think so those are the ones, right? Fire, uh, planet, of fire. Of, planet of fire. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. so so she's she's all over the place. So that may help us answer the first of four questions, which I think maybe we it's time we get to. What do time. you think? It
1: is time it is time to transition everyone to the four questions to doomsday.
0: The we need, we need a special cowboy version of that stinger. <laughs> yeah, first do it on back shows.
1: Yes. Why did the randomizer take us here? What's your take?
0: Well, uh, it would. It had heard that we were worried about having too many bangers. Um, yeah, and took care of that in a jiffy. <laughs> um, well, we heard about, I, I, Yeah, I've got more. I mean, they'd heard about our Christmas request, wanted to give us a feast of Stephen. It's terrible, terrible pun. It does terrible jokes. Uh, And it is sort of a good Christmassy episode to choose to watch right before Christmas, because you have to be in a charitable mood,
1: charitable Christmassy mood to to
0: really, you know, give (laughs) give your all to this. well, and also theory. the right. King's Demons connection, closing time connection, uh the master being shot at the end of the Master Trilogy. Like maybe that put the randomizer in mind of more gunplay. Oh
1: yes, gunplay, And huh? we did
0: talk about American accents in Zygon Invasion inversion because of the uh the sheriff in uh um, yeah. The Sheriff in Truth or Consequences, which may have set the randomizer thinking, it wanted more sheriffs in western towns.
1: Well, and that's in New Mexico,
0: right? And New Mexico is mentioned here. It is. Yeah, so both uh, Could they be the only Doctor Who Me- episodes to mention New Mexico? Write in and let us know. We're getting we're getting close to American Bingo, maybe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a big card, but we'll. we'll see. <laughs> so all well, we need is a town called Mercy next. But yeah, my theory is so we said at the previously unpulled to open. We recently did a Hartnell, uh, mm. Planet of Giants, and it's interesting that this is the next Hartnell that we do because both. Mm. Of this and Planet of Giants are remarkably unrepresentative of the show. <laughs> um, So I think that's kind of the connection here. It's like let's get let's let's show these weird Hartnell episodes when the show was in a you know just in a the genesis and you know I wouldn't even say a strange place. I didn't know itself mm. all that well yet. Mm-hmm. And it was experimenting and trying to figure itself out. And you know, yeah. in both cases, we were we should be a bit grateful that these were sort of failed experiments um yes. and i just like we were saying um because they were failed experiments it's good that you know these formats didn't take over but at the same time i think they might have overcompensated at least on the planet of giants one where you know they, they haven't visited the small world again and hmm. um you know there's there's things to learn from them but um i'm glad they the show tried to do these things. Yeah, it's um,
0: interesting. We haven't really done any Hartnell bangers yet. Um, no. No. And there are you
1: some you know, certainly.
0: There are some. Uh but 10th Planet was another example of a strange episode that was not very a strange story. It was not very who like, you know, uh, mm-hmm, including true. missing William Hartnell for the whole third episode. Um so yeah, it's it's really it's a fan of abnormal Hartnell. Did we call that one a banger? Tenth planet? I can't remember. No, no, I don't. That's I don't think we one. had banger in our rating system. It was, yeah. it was pretty good. I think we we felt it was poor, poised we might, between. We might
1: have to uh, re- re- do some revisionist ratings.
0: <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> there's there's rate. a mini That's episode for you. Yeah, yeah. love mm-hmm. it. Cool. All right. Second question: What if the evil plot had succeeded?
0: Well, I guess that the evil plot is the Clantons. Evil plot, I guess, unless this is all celestial toy maker territory. Um, and if the clans plot succeeds, then then Steven is dead. At he's, what point when he's, is he killed in the saloon or is he
1: hung? Hung, I would say. Oh, so it's like Earp um, doesn't go out, yeah. to stop them, or whatever reason, maybe he's, he's someone gets the drop on him. So Earp gets mm. killed, Steven gets killed. Um, does, does the doctor? Maybe the doctor has to regenerate. Um, yeah,
0: I was going to say, P- Patrick Troughton is actually called on to set. Uh, <laughs> just a year If, if you
1: why Europe's killed here and the clans win, then this changes American history. And is it a big deal? I don't know. I think people have debated this, actually. So I would defer to historians. But assuming it is a big deal... Then maybe the Old West is a little more lawless for a little longer. Uh, You have a weakened America in the 20th century Mm. because of that, because there isn't as much settling.
0: Yeah, Arizona Uh, might not be admitted to the Union.
1: Yeah. So in that case, a lot of episodes don't happen because geopolitics is completely changed. Mm. Um, Maybe uh, a powerful Germany in World War II never really – is defeated or surrenders and there's uh, there's a very dystopian uh 20th century wow that is
0: definitely a thing you can do with with american history right just a few tweaks here and there Mm -hmm. america doesn't enter world war ii the history of the world becomes very different also a few tweaks here and there that the south basically stays independent you know the confederacy survives
1: um
0: you know, it's been trying to rise again ever since. Well, this is what, 1880, 1881? 1881, 1880 so. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. so this is post-that. But yeah, there's definitely potential for things to go very askew.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. This, you know, post-reconstruction, you know, the South did rise again in a lot of ways. Well, it's funny um, that
1: I... It's, uh, it's weird. I always find interesting connections, not just between the randomizers' selected episodes, but as you know, I'm listening to Big Finish. Mm. Uh, and I just did a story of um, God, I, I really got to remember these names, but it basically is speaking of Perry. It's the fifth doctor in Perry and Aramem uh, who they've just picked up and they go to 17th century France. Mm-hmm. And there is an interesting bit in the final episode in that one. Uh, I'll find the title in a second here, but they do talk about history and changing mm-hmm. history. And Perry sort of asked the doctor, you know, well, why don't we just go like I know there's this army outside Paris but we we know that doesn't happen right like we could just mm. go and he's like oh Perry you don't get it <laughs> like he's basically like we're part of events we always have been yeah we're we can't just ditch this like this is trust me like he's kind of like trust me I'm a time lord I know what I have to do um, <laughs> not that he knew the outcome of all the events but it was like that that leaving leaving in the middle of this is not a thing is you know essentially what yeah. he says
0: um, Which certainly once, in this case, once the doctor is deputized, he's he's very much a part of events. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Instead uh, of Virgil Erp deputizing Wyatt, it's Wyatt deputizing the doctor. Yeah, exactly. So that was the
1: Church and the Crown. That was it. The Church and the ah,
0: Crown. Okay. Yeah,
1: there's a lot huh. there about the Musketeers, the Cardinal, the King of France. It's actually uh, pretty cool, especially huh. with a Queen that looks and sounds a lot like one Ms. No-
0: Nicola Bryant. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. A bit like Good the, the Doctor in the Reign of Terror, yeah. Um, okay right. well yeah. we, we should definitely keep uh keep track of these i wonder if this could be a separate sheet in the codex of just all of the good <laughs> big finish that you've recommended on the show because I, the big finish you, connections yeah. yes yeah all i'd over. love to have that i'd love to have that we talked about jubilee with dalek of course um still have to finish listening to that um uh, but I'll yeah start another sheet <laughs> There we go <laughs> all
1: right, the third question, question. Mm-hmm. the third question of doomsday is where is the clara splinter here Claire Oswald, of course, splintered at the end of the time of the doctor. Why do I get this wrong every time? The name of the doctor <laughs> and uh has been fractured across his timeline, ensuring that
0: he is victorious and does right in these episodes. So where could she be? Oh god, either either she's in the TARDIS leaving sweets out um, <laughs> <laughs> for the doctor to snack on to make sure that he has to stop and get his teeth checked. Uh, or she's she's in the Last Chance Saloon somewhere filling in any plot holes that that might exist there so
1: my theory is that she's not here but Mm -hmm. to preserve history she arrives just after and so (laughs) she gets a job at the Last Chance Saloon and trashes that old song and it is (laughs) never heard from again in history (laughs) and she instead gets them some some something better. Maybe she there's some new anthem. Maybe she creates the Arizona anthem or something. <laughs> uh, because that like she's playing cleanup here. No, that song must burn. It must die. It must forever be forgotten by history.
0: And yeah, I
1: think that is the role that she plays here.
0: And maybe that maybe there's a hidden verse that's been added uh, about the doctor uh, and you know and Stephen and Dodo coming to town um you know that their, their place in the uh shootout memorialized by the song so that's why she has to kill him she has to cover up oh yeah proof of the doctor's existence so that would work yeah I yeah like but it. i like that idea of her she actually sings it to death so that no one <laughs> no one wants to hear it ever again the folk singers don't write it down like nobody it's just lost to history
1: yes it must be lost to history so good job clara Getting rid of that all right guys uh the last question the only question the key question is this show this particular episode is it a dalek which we reserve for a good episode an ogron which is a not so good episode a professor hater which is a not so good episode but at least we learned something or a viscount banger the rating we reserve for the best of the best episodes
0: well, what do you got? Look at this, y'all! Sidling up to the bar at the Last Chance Saloon, waiting for a cool glass of sarsaparilla. It's Doc Hater and the Ogron Kid. <laughs> wow! It's a Hater Ogron. It's it's Hater on the Ogron Kid. he gotta gotta have gotta have his understudy. He's gotta Hater's gotta have someone to hate it off against. The Ogron Kid could be like, I don't know. I thought this was actually quite a good episode. Well, I
1: think. Professor Hater and the Ogron kid got into a little disagreement at the bar and then had a shootout outside and Hayter, although wounded, did managed to square one right between the eyes of the Ogron and prevails. Cause this is ultimately a hater in my opinion, uh, because you learn a lot. You, you learn you a lot about doctor who, what works and what doesn't and Hayter man, his class is in session here. I mean, this is a, like I say, it's, it, this is, How to do Doctor Who on a a good budget for the time with good production values and a lot of effort paid for it, paid to it and then still screw it up. Right. Yes. You make these very poor choices of the story of what to focus on, uh, as well as including a song, which, again, I I don't want to hate on the show too much for experimenting. You experimented. But the thing is, sometimes experiments blow up in your face. And that's basically Mm. what happened here.
0: That is that is very true, and yeah, I like that idea of it of it being a hater because we we learn so much, and we learn not to go to America, not to not to do historicals. This is kind of one of the nail in the coffin of all historicals. We should definitely mention that they do do two more, mm, uh, ending with the Highlanders. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I think, you, but you're not wrong. That
1: I I think that is definitely a lesson the show took from this uh yeah. that is the producers are like oh the ratings were bad like it was it was badly reviewed at the time and certainly some people have found st- stuff to like in the gunfighters we found a little bit here again i think it's one of hartnell's best comedic performances but the, there's there's there is a clear lesson they were like oh yeah no more of this historical stuff which i honestly i would say mm-hmm. is overcompensating um we we've even talked about episode there was uh at least one episode we talked about that we thought was better served by historical well, it was the witch finders right which is a more yeah. more recent obviously but uh a, a pure historical can work uh and the one i just mentioned on big finish actually is so oh. the the church in the crown um uh, church in the crown or crown of the church the church of the crown um that
0: is that is actually a pure historical there's there's no
1: weird alien threat so
0: you can do it yeah don't hold back. Into it. Into it. But yeah, I think it also maybe proved that uh, cowboy cowboy dramas don't don't work too well. Um town called Mercy, also kind of forgettable. Um
1: oh, watch don't the randomizer take tongue. us there next. Bite your tongue. No, this might be an interesting <laughs> one to go to next, because I, I would disagree. But anyway, let's really? uh, let's do it.
0: Okay. Yeah, but actually,
1: now that you think now that I think about it, they they didn't to my knowledge, go back to the old West until that, until that show. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone,
0: yeah, someone correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah. I think you're right, sir. Um, but, but let's find out by yeah. stepping back into our TARDIS let's do it. activating our randomizer. Yeah. And as long-time listeners know, the randomizer is composed of two components. First of all, the codex that Pete has up. He is the one who is in charge of looking at the numbers that we put next to the stories, the discrete stories, the 302 discrete stories in Doctor Who televisual history. And I am in charge of random.org, which is the executor, which uses atmospheric noise to choose between the numbers 1 and 302 uh, and all of the numbers in between, um, uh, rather than doing it algorithmically, which is kind of pseudo-random. And uh, that's, that's not a very good way to do it. So we're bouncing around the atmosphere like bullets in the last chance saloon. <laughs> totally.
1: Okay. Are we ready for this? Oh, so, wait. We guess we should we're challenge ready. the randomizer because that's a thing we like to do. We do. And have it ignore us or perhaps <laughs> find an interesting connection. So... Chris, what would you what would you like to challenge the randomizer for this time? Uh, the,
0: the, there are so many options here, aren't there? You could, you could ask it to you could go for a triple Yahtzee for A Town Called Mercy. Uh, mm-hmm. We could ask it to do um, the Christmas Invasion uh, or Remember It's the Daleks to try and get our bingo on Doctor Who songs commissioned for the show. Mm. Um, yeah, we could do Western ones, we could do American ones. Uh, I would say let's Let's go to, <laughs> let's go to another example. I'm going to be a glutton for punishment here. Let's go to another example of bad accents in Doctor Who, no. not necessarily, not necessarily American ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, like hmm. maybe some bad Scottish accents. Have they ever done alien accents? I
1: guess they're always something. <laughs> some Chan, yeah. we have not. Um, I think that would be, that'd be fine. Uh, th- I'm going to challenge it now that we've done a couple of older classic stories that are unrepresentative of the show. I would say, give us the opposite. Give us what you think is pure distilled textbook. Doctor who randomizer. Like what is like the absolute best example of the, r- the shows we haven't done yet of what doctor who should be do that. All right. Here it
0: comes, War Games. Okay, the countdown. countdown. I've been
1: obsessing a little too much about the long episodes lately, and it's like the long episodes are going to come at some point. Well, we'll deal with it when they do. Um, We'll get it out of the way just like we
0: got gunfighters out of the way. Yeah,
1: Exactly. So, all right, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Put your hand on the random.org. Here we go. In four, three, two, one. Excellent. 23 oh still hardnell yes dude as you may recall the one we just talked about was 24 so we have our first full-on missing episode to do Oh my god it is the celestial toy
0: maker <gasps> whoa Can i Can cannot believe it, believe it we we're, we're in it. Oh my god, I was I was going to bring that up like we 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 need to see the Celestial Toymaker before before the yeah. 60th special. Oh, what you, know, you funny, know what remains of it.
1: Uh, while you were talking about the Celestial Toymaker, I was thinking about uh, mentioning that and um essentially talking about the uh, the fact that it's missing and the fact that it's not animated and that mm. I know they're ending the animated episodes but I, I was, you know, as part of other business, when we talk about Disney Plus and whatever else, I, I was sort of planning in my head let's talk about uh, getting a message to Disney Plus. Hey, you should figure out some way to release this episode somewhere because hmm. it, it, people are going to want to see it, e- even if, you know, they're not WHO fans after the the specials are aired people are going to be very curious about the celestial Toymaker. it should be available to somebody because this is the only time obviously he appears in in the classic series um
0: but if anyone can animate it fast it would be disney
1: yeah exactly and whether it's an animation or just some special release with telesnaps i don't know but um definitely get it out there so wow, I'm excited to check this out. I'm excited to sort of um figure out how we're going to do this one. Uh I imagine there are audios out there we can grab, but um yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. It's not too long, it's oh, and we goes. we
0: we have yeah, I mean we we have our William Hartnell actor on tap, David Bradley. Yeah. Um he could <laughs> he could totally step in and do that. We could do some motion capture I don't like, you know how you want to do it. Yeah, yeah do reenactments uh peter purvis is he still around could he <laughs> could oh, he come he back for this
1: yeah of course he can yeah
0: <laughs> dude there he we could, go. Could
1: play the toy maker now we have to sort of recast he him
0: yeah well it would be interesting if you if you did it with neil patrick harris doing the voice mm. that would be fun That'd be a, um, i'm loving this special edition we're coming up with guys
1: all right. Wow. Looking forward to talking about a legendary episode of the classic series, The Celestial Toymaker, which, of which there have been several sequels in audio, books, and I think mm. comics as well. Uh, we should probably try to get an inventory of those as we chat about it. Uh, but we're going to chat about it next time because you have come to the end of this episode of Pull to Open. This is a podcast, everyone. It's a podcast. And podcasts are things you should subscribe to on whatever service you are listening to us on, just in case you haven't done that or if you're countering us on a web embed. And even if you have, I'm going to repeat uh, my request that I voiced at the beginning of the show, even if you have subscribed to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher. Overcast. If you've done that, go ahead over to youtube.com slash pull to open and also subscribe to us there, please. Um, we are having a lot of great discussion there and you get to see us when you subscribe on YouTube. So that's uh, a special bonus guys. This has been a great year. This is our last episode of 2022 that we're posting. It has been awesome to interact with everyone on all the socials and put out, we've actually put out more than 40 episodes this year. That's a record for us. Um, wow so that's like more than half way more than half the year uh in terms of weeks so thank you Mm. everyone for staying with us on this journey follow us on tiktok and the other socials at either pull to open on tiktok or pull to open 63 on twitter and instagram and in all the other places you can find us and we will definitely definitely be around next year
0: see you soon see you in the toy room